This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Father Brian Nolan, priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have just a wonderful guest. We have Lorraine Hanley Duquin. Lorraine has done a lot of thought and speaking. She's a Catholic author and lecturer. She's worked in parishes on a diocesan level and evangelization and stewardship. But today the focus is specifically on grace amidst grief. Grace amidst grief. How our Catholic faith helps us amidst the sorrows of life. And there are two segments. The first segment we're going to a little bit focus on just the grieving of our world experience during the COVID times where there's been a lot of changes in life and there's grief and that element of just, we can't do the same things we used to do. We don't have the same interactions. We're going to begin the first segment with that grief. And then second, we're going to focus a little bit more on grief, especially the death of a loved one as we approach Thanksgiving and Christmas and the holidays. So welcome, uh, welcome Lorraine. Thanks father. Thank you for having me today. So let's begin with, the, the experience of <laughs> nationwide or even worldwide of grief of how life is is changed so much. I was talking to someone uh, and they said, I just feel out of sorts amidst, you know, d- new experiences. And some people are now working from home and they don't get out of their house as much. And some people are juggling working from home with their children on Zoom. And <laughs> kind of where are we, would you say? And, and, and how does acknowledging the real sadness and sorrow we experience in changing circumstances, what should we do with that? I think the first thing that we really have to do is recognize that whether we're we're, whenever we're grieving, whether we're grieving something big like the loss of a loved one, or whether we're grieving these little things that have been happening during COVID, you know, not being able to see family members or friends, not being able to go to your favorite, you know, place or to go to your parish. A lot of people are afraid to even go to their parish and they're watching mass online. There's a lot of sadness connected with that. And it's it's a grieving process. And like you said, it affects you physically. You know, and people, I think the first thing that we have to do is recognize that if we're feeling out of sorts, if we're feeling irritable, if we're, you know, if we're feeling like, that lump in the throat feeling or we're feeling having trouble sleeping or we're, you know, just not right. Part of that is because we're, we're grieving the loss of what our lives were before COVID. And once we come to an understanding that that's what's happening to us, that's sort of the first step in, in making it better, you know, admitting the fact that this is happening. Yes. And probably for some people it might come out where they get more isolated or or they just want to be by themselves and and other people it might come out as anger. And maybe there's tension in marriages and families because it, and they don't know what that it's connected to grief. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, all of a sudden you're with your spouse 24/7 or you're with your children, you <laughs> right. know, 
in in the house and you're doing things that you weren't doing before. You may never have thought of, you know, the idea of homeschooling may never have been on your radar. And now all of a sudden you're in a position where you're having to help homeschool your kids. There's a lot of, there's a lot of complicating things that are happening right now. And I Mm -hmm. think one of the worst things we can do during this time is to bottle it up you know, and, and not talk about it. I think, I think the most healthy thing we can do is say, okay, yeah, I feel like I'm going crazy. I feel like, (laughs) like things are not going well, but it's because of the situation, you know? And I think, you know, like from a Catholic standpoint, this is the place where faith comes in. You know, where, where we can rely on our faith because we know that, you know, I mean, what did, what did we have just a couple of weeks ago? We had the Beatitudes and we were talking about blessed are those who mourn. Right. Well, if I'm feeling like this, if I feel like I'm going crazy and I'm irritable and all of that kind of stuff because I'm grieving in this process of COVID, how does that make me feel blessed? How does that, why am I blessed? You know, why am I blessed? And I think that the answer is because when we're grieving, God is with us in a very, very special way. Yes. You know, God is, is carrying us, carrying us through it. Kind of like that old, uh, poem of footprints in the sand. You know, right, right. we may not even realize that we're being carried through this. In, in a way, that's one of the jobs of our, our grieving process right now is to sit back and say, okay, Lord, where are you in my life right now? How are you supporting me? And what can I do? You know, what are you calling me to do at this point with all of this craziness and all of this anxiety? Where, what are you calling me to do? And you know what I think, Father, the answer is? I think the answer is to be grateful. You know, to to sort of look around us and say, okay, all of this stuff is really bad, but I can be grateful for the good things. You know, I can I can take a walk and I'm I can say, Thank you, God, for this tree or thank you, God, for the sunny day or thank you God for the people that you pass on the street, you know, wearing masks and, and, and nodding to you, you know, thank you God for everything. And, and I think gratitude is the thing that'll turn the corner on this. Yeah. Especially even asking the Lord to help us to see, which is a very Ignatian, you know, Lord, can you show me the graces, the, the ways you've been present to me today even in these challenging or difficult circumstances. So uh, some time of mm-hmm. daily gratefulness, which lets us reflect that surrendering and even that sense of like, Lord, you have to carry me. Like I need you during this time. Can you sp- speak a little bit about the other thing we can't underestimate is just readjusting to human needs. Like, you know, that, that need for connection and community and that need for, you know, if people went to the gym and now the gyms are closed or they're, or they're a little bit more cautious of going to a gym, like, Lord, we do have to readjust to say, Lord, what are you asking of me? I like that phrase. What are you asking me right now to address these human needs of, of, of you know, reasonable community or some, 
you know, things that can be, or connection with people. Can you speak to that about even just the reality of human needs that God cares about those? I, I, th- I think that it's, it's a, in a, yes, it's, it's a choice that we make. One of the dangers during this time of COVID is that we're going to isolate ourselves, you know, and I think we do that in a lot of different ways, you know, because we're afraid to go out, you know, or maybe we can't go out or we can't see children or grandchildren or we can't, you know, see our neighbors. I think one of the things that we can do is recognize that that's almost like a temptation, you know, and we have to say to ourselves, no, I'm not going to isolate myself totally in this. I'm going to find ways to reach out. I'm going to call my neighbor. I'm going to call the people on my street who are homebound or who are elderly. I'm going to call family members and friends or do Zoom or do that kind of thing, you know, those kinds of interactions with you know, the young people in in our family. I'm going to touch base with people. When you reach out to other people, I think it's really important. Two things are important. I think the one thing that's important is that you have to be honest and admit your own weaknesses and vulnerabilities in this. You know, that you're feeling, you know, anxious and you're feeling sad. But I think the second thing you have to do is you have to be willing to listen to the other person because they're feeling probably the same way you're feeling. Right. And it's really important to be able to talk about it and to express your feelings. Yeah. And the community, we're just in different, different times. And it's okay to acknowledge that we're in different times than to say, hey, I'm really struggling, and especially with those closest with us. Well, what a blessing to have Lorraine Hanley Duquin with us. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about grief and sadness, especially in the loss of a loved one as we approach the holidays. So we'll be back in just a moment. I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio. Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with a Catholic review. Archbishop William E. Lorry acknowledged the pain evident in the Vatican's report on the case of Theodore E. McCarrick, former Archbishop of Washington and Cardinal, who resigned from the College of Cardinals in 2018 and was laicized in 2019. The former Cardinal was accused of sexual abuse and sexual misconduct. The 450-page report, with 1,400 footnotes released November 10th, details the Holy See's institutional knowledge and decision-making related to the former cardinal from his birth in 1930 until 2017. Quote, While the release of the report brings us to another moment of painful awareness of our Church's past failures, it also marks a new era of transparency in our Church, which the lay faithful have rightly demanded 
end quote, Archbishop Laurie said in a message to the faithful of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. He noted that Pope Francis had personally called for an investigation into the systemic failures that allowed McCarrick to rise through the ranks as a priest, monsignor, bishop, archbishop, and cardinal, and promised it would be released when complete. The report was prepared by the Secretary of State of the Holy See, and its publication was authorized by Pope Francis. Archbishop Laurie is quoted as saying, While the contents of the report are painful, I am grateful that this information has finally come fully to light, and especially grateful to the victim survivors who came forward, to those who persisted in demanding an investigation into their allegations, and to those who took appropriate action to answer those demands. For ongoing coverage of the McCarrick Report, visit catholicreview.org. The John Carroll School in Bel Air was already known for having a large campus that included more than a dozen athletic venues. Another step was taken towards enhancing that aspect of campus life November 4th when the school held a groundbreaking ceremony on a new baseball facility. The construction of the alumni field at Kutcher Foundation Stadium, which will have artificial turf, was made possible through the largest grant in the history of the school, the amount of which was not disclosed. Based in Hartford County, the Kutcher Foundation, according to a news release from the school, is a private operating foundation which promotes leadership, development, mentoring, and making a positive difference in the world. On hand for the groundbreaking were several family members of the Kutcher family, including John and Sue Weller Kutcher, a member of the class of 1985, and their three sons, Stephen, class of 2017, Tim, class of 2015, and Joe, class of 2022. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Christians top the list for countries where they face either governmental or social hostility, according to a new report issued November 10th by the Pew Research Center. Christians have topped the list each year since Pew started collecting data in 2017. The number of countries where Christians face some form of hostility rose from 143 in 2017 to 145 in 2018, the latest year for which statistics are available. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the virtual newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. Every child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind. Potential of body. Potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach. Catholic schools rise above. With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit MercyRidge.com. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. We are so blessed to have Lorraine Hanley DeQuinn talking specifically about grace amidst grief, how our Catholic faith helps us to helps us amidst the sorrows of life. And the second segment we want to focus a little bit more on many people who have lost loved ones, whether it's the last few months or years for various reasons, not just COVID reasons, how many people we know who have died of cancer or other health complications or 
or, or situations, and not just even this year. I mean, for some people, it's their first time not having loved ones at Thanksgiving or Christmas. And Lorraine, you wrote a book called Grieving with the Help of Your Catholic Faith. What, what inspired you to write that book? I my <laughs> I had actually, shortly before this, had hit, been diagnosed with cancer. And so I had breast cancer. And so I was facing my own death. Now, I... I I went in, you know, I, w- I went in through treatment, I was in remission, you know, all of that. And I did a book called Fighting Cancer with the Help of Your Catholic Faith. Well, After that, my editor said to me, you know, this, this kind of book is really important, especially in, you know, like for parishes, because they need something to give to people. Would you do one on grieving? Hmm. And I had... I had I had gone through several grieving experiences. I mean, serious grieving experiences before that. My daughter's 26-year-old boyfriend had died from cancer right around this wow. time. Wow. Um, my my father-in-law and my father had both died. Mm-hmm. You know, from basically you know older age type things, right. but it, they were still traumatic deaths. So. Mm-hmm. I ended up doing this I ended up doing this book and one of the things that I would I would say to people is when you're grieving the loss of of a loved one especially someone who is really important in your life the more you loved that person the deeper your grief is going to be right and and the reason for that is that people don't realize it but when when you're grieving someone it's almost as if it's it's like having head surgery something has been cut out of you mm-hmm. and that piece of you that has been cut out of you is now gone and you have to go through a healing process you know when you have head surgery Sometimes it, it takes you several months before you get sometimes before you even get over the intense surgical pain. And then you right. still have the fatigue, you have side effects and all that stuff. You're 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 getting over the physical pain of surgery can last up to a year. Wow. It, especially if it was a major surgery. The same is true with bereavement. You know, this person mm-hmm. has been caught literally cut out of your life and you have to go through a process of spiritual and physical and emotional healing and that process is called grieving grieving is is what happens what what the process that you go through mourning is what other people see okay so mourning is the external Mm-hmm. aspect of it. So, you know, you know, when you're you're mourning and people know you're mourning. Grieving is is the hard work that you have to do to accept the reality of the death and and move through all the physical and emotional things that happen until you reach a point where that person's memory isn't painful for you anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's it's a joy, you know, and you you hold that person in your heart. I know there's people out there, Father, 
right now who are saying she doesn't understand. And that's because everybody grieves differently. Right. Everybody mm-hmm. has has their own way um their own way of working through working through the grief. Right. And it does eventually get better. But it's mm-hmm. but it's 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 the hardest work you'll ever do. Right, right. How important is it to grieve with others or in a little bit more of a formal process versus someone who says well, time heals all wounds. You know what I mean? Like, how how would you what would you say to someone in the experience of maybe the importance of some community or even just going through some of the process with others and sharing stories and feelings and thoughts? And- Telling the story, does you have to tell the story over and over and over again, which is one of the things that makes it very difficult right now mm-hmm. when somebody is going through a grieving process. It's you you can't have the kinds of funerals or the kinds of wakes where you would, you know, see people and tell the story because of COVID. Right, right. So you've got to, you've got, you still have to find a way of telling the story. Part of the grieving process is, someone told me one time, it's almost as if someone dies and someone comes up behind you with a hypodermic needle filled with grief. And oh, what wow. you have to do, that that grief goes through your whole system and the work hard work of grief is getting that out. And so wow. people are going to do that in different ways. Some people are going to talk it out mm-hmm. and some people are going to like run it out. Some people are going to, you know, pound nails or right. build things or or punch pillows or cry. Tears are one of the best ways of getting rid of grief. They they've found that there's an enzyme in the tears of a grieving person that isn't present when you're when you go outside on a windy day and your eyes tear. So they mm-hmm. think that that grieving process and, and some of the saints used to talk about the gift of tears, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things you can one of the big things that people can do is just check their breathing. You know, when someone's <laughs> grieving, they they tend to either hyperventilate, they breathe too much, you know, and then they get lightheaded or they hold their breath. I'm a breath holder. So when I'm upset about something, I hold my breath. And uh, we had, we had a bereavement group at a parish where I was working. We had a physical therapist come in and she talked about it. She was a Catholic physical therapist. She told people that they can turn their breathing into a prayer by just Wonderful. breathing in God's love mm-hmm. and then breathing out sadness and mm-hmm. breathing in God's love and breathing out tension. I mean, and in, in even you can breathe out anger. You can breathe out anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you breathe in God's love and you can, you know, it's amazing how healing that that is when you realize that God's love is coming in and flowing through you and then it allows you to let go. Yeah. And that's, you know, letting go is is sometimes the toughest part. That's right. One of the people in that group had had been diagnosed with TMJ and his because his jaw was locked and he had had he had had two or three significant losses in the family. During mm-hmm. that breathing prayer, his jaw unlocked for the first time. Oh. Oh. And that's what I mean. You just you you You've got to, 
I think that the big thing is to, you know, like we talked in the first half, you have to admit that things are not right, that you're sad and that you're, you're, you're grieving. And then you have to tell the story and you have to find ways of dealing with it. Yeah. I think the fact that you give examples of sometimes the grief just affects your body. Obviously it affects, it can cloud our mind at times. And the sadness of sorry can affect our heart, you know, not just physically our heart, but our heart of just, you know, trying to process things and, and different people, like you said, uh, process things uh, differently. If I can share with our listeners, the book, uh, Grieving with the Help of Your Catholic Faith, I was reading one of the reviews, it described it beautifully. It was clear, concise, and comforting. It's 60 pages. It was designed with some questions for reflection, something you could read in one reading, but even just take it in little segments, or you could even uh, walk it through with family members or, or love, loved ones within the parish. I mean, there's something about having a, a book or when you feel overwhelmed amidst grief, especially during these times, even to journey it with others, because as a body of Christ, we're not called to go on it alone. So what a great, great gift. Lorraine Hanley-Ducane has been our guest today, and just a great gift. I hope that, that people will order your book or, or give it for a loved one, because sometimes we don't know what to say or what to do when someone, not just in the first few months, but someone's experiencing grieving a year or two years afterward, and people are in various places. So hope people take a look at your book and maybe can see your, your good works in writing and, and speaking as a great gift for our Catholic faith. So thank you for joining me today. And, uh, oh, thanks, uh, bless- Father. Yes, blessings to you. So I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio. May God bless you. You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with the Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.